0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Welcome, everybody. This is a Mallover Podcast Network slash Longsnapper Podcast Conglomerate Productions Limited production. That was snappy. I'm I'm Adam. I'm here with some familiar voices. I have no doubt. Mark Salen is here. Hello, hello. Craig Edmonds. Hello. What up? And uh, Patrick Jackson. Now then. And and we have somebody else here. You may know him as the host of the All Over podcast. You may know him as a regular on the Long Sapper podcast. It is Mr. Russ Milsom. Hello there.
0: Good
2: evening.
1: Just just to let you know what we're doing. Well, me as the LongSnapper podcast host and Russ as Maulover podcast host, we're bringing you an edition of Punching Chat. Now, the only people ripping off this from anybody else are the Snapper podcast ripping Mallover podcast off here, uh, but we're going to go out on both podcast networks and it's Russ's turn to, to be in the chair and, and host this thing. So why don't you take it from here?
2: Oh, I'm quite looking forward to, to this. I'm quite looking forward to hosting, as I'm sure you're looking forward to taking part. I've uh, I've used some of the questions from the four previous episodes of Punching Chat that we've had on wall over, which has gone down really well. We've had some amazing uh, feedback, and uh, I know you guys have listened and, and enjoyed. Even Rich, who's not here tonight, thought to put out uh, a specific tweet to say how much he was enjoying Punching Chat. So, uh, Hopefully you guys will, will enjoy playing along and um yeah we'll see how it goes. Just in case you didn't know, there's uh there's five different scoring varieties. Five that that's one point, two points.
1: Three points that one.
2: Well, I know <laughs> but, but stick to your own score system, all right? <laughs> one point, one point one point, two points, five points. That's a point off. And that's three points off. Oh. So there you go. Um that's that I started that three points off halfway through, weirdly.
1: Standards are already slipping, aren't they? I
2: know, yeah. That it's harder than it looks being the host. (laughs) God knows. Point points off for me. Um God knows. God knows what's gonna happen when I have to actually accumulate some points and, and award them arbitrarily but uh, but we'll see as as i've mentioned uh i've 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 used some of the questions that uh that we've used previously so those of you that might find them familiar but obviously the the new voices they're all quite generic so we'll well we've got entirely different answers for all of them so enjoy and if you're uh, if you're ready then we'll, we'll get cracking
1: born ready mate let's
2: do it okay so question one with sport being cancelled for the foreseeable future uh what sport do you hope never comes back and why and we'll start with adam
1: oh okay uh well i'm gonna start by saying that i hope football as in the round ball soccer whatever you want to call it that that never comes back now obviously cancelling the season has a lot of appeal with people. Now, (laughs) Liverpool not winning the title, that would go down well. You know, Tottenham could void everything that's happened, get Pochettino back. You know, Mourinho wouldn't have even happened. That would be great. You know, have, have, have that man back in charge. But actually... I don't think I could bear whatever happens, whatever they decide to do. I couldn't bear either side, either side of social media, never letting it rest. If the season got cancelled, we'd never hear the last of it from the Scousers. And on the flip side, they get awarded the title. Those Man United fans who've tried everything, to be fair. They've tried an asteroid. They've tried coronavirus. They've now tried setting fire to Chernobyl to stop Liverpool winning the title. (laughs)
0: Whatever it takes, mate. They're they're
1: going to be unbearable (laughs) if they get their own way. So I don't want to see it come back. Let's just just leave it sat in limbo forever.
3: Thank you, Adam. Craig, what have you got for us? Uh, Easy, this one for me. Uh, And the answer is uh, golf. Uh, Simple simple reason. uh, It isn't a sport. Much like darts and pool and snooker, golf has managed to masquerade as a sport for way too long. And I'll tell you why. One dude came along, pretty jacked, dominated. Everyone started talking about how athleticism is now such an important part of golf. Now, as eyesight is important for a surgeon, fair enough. You'd be pretty god-awful if you was a blind surgeon, but it's hardly the defining skill. Golf is skillful, very technical. It is not a sport golf is closer to surgery than it is sport. You're nearer a doctor than you are a sportsman if you play golf. Okay.
4: Thanks, Craig. That was a very generous description of Nick Faldo. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Pat's
2: just going to get points with quips. Um, You may as well go next, Pat. Or not. Or not, as the case (laughs) may be. As well. (laughs) Mark, you go next.
4: <laughs> it really didn't want to go next. It did. Oh, exactly. hilarious. Talking on mute. Dissing <laughs> horse racing on mute. Why people like horse <laughs> racing, I have no idea. It's literally put a guy on a horse and pretends it makes a difference, and it just doesn't. It's a sport that's there purely for gambling purposes, and that's just a waste of everyone's time and money and resources, in my opinion. And to top it all off, I listen to a lot of sport, and they interrupt live coverage of actual sports to Talk about how fast horses are running down a field, and I'm just not interested.
1: I said Good. to my sorry, I said to myself I wasn't going to do this, but I'm awarding Pat some points.
0: <laughs> Adam,
2: throw away. your phone on the floor right now.
0: Yeah, I'm so, I'm so Get sorry. Get away.
1: Just, uh, I'm so so sorry.
0: Mark, round us off. So Pat's right in that uh, horses in sport are shit. But he doesn't take it far enough because at least with horse racing, there is an element of speed and an element of, you know, having to get somewhere fast. In three day eventing, um, now th- this is a sport where a it's like the person doing the sport, from what I can tell, doesn't have to have any discernible talent whatsoever because it's all down to how well the horse does in order for how well they do it. The first event is dressage, where it seems to be it's more about how nicely dressed they are um, and how prancy they can make their horse look. That seems to be the thing that scores them the most amount of points. Cross country is just a waste of a good run around a field. And they're not even against each other. They're against a clock. And again, it's the horse that has to do all the work. Um, and, And then stadium jumping is, again, it's just a pointless event where the horse does everything there's no actual discernible talent and it's all about how posh you are rather than how good you are that seems to be to to win the day so yeah three day venting can get in the sea
4: if it was stadium jumping i'd tune in for that horses jumping over wembley that'd be amazing
2: <laughs> <laughs> good answers all around good start well done um right next uh, you may have seen on twitter commentator nick heath went viral a few weeks ago with his his social commentary and that's uh that's taken off and he's continued i saw one today about a, a stationary cat which was mesmerizing weirdly um so leads me to ask what is your favorite piece of sporting commentary
4: uh pat So I'm going to take you back to 1992 to the Barcelona Olympics and a bit of uh, David Coleman's commentary on the uh, men's 100 metre final. And uh, a classic line of, and Christie comes storming through. It's Linford Christie, a man who would go on to uh, heckle me at the uh, UK indoor trials, which was a a high point in my life. Sorry, hold on. on. You were at the UK indoor trials? I mean, as a spectator, not best. Ah. best <laughs> who heckled you, David Cole or Linford Christie? Christie. He was there <laughs> as a coach. The size, the size of your penis. <laughs> now, for the, for they're bigger than Christie. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, it's a point in sport that I still vividly remember 30-odd years later. It's a point that... One of the first points I remember in sport, and it's it's a point that as a british sports fan and english sports fan those pinnacles of world sport don't come along very often so you have to really enjoy them while you can yeah
0: true story uh mark um i'm gonna go back a little bit further and uh being being a child of born in the early 80s um one of the one of the main benefits of that is that i got to experience the pinnacle of commentary from mr barry davis who one of the best one of the best to ever do it um for portraying the game that you're watching in front of them now in the 1988 Seoul olympics um most of the men's hockey had been commentated on by nigel Starm smith um and and um however for the final Great Britain were drawn to play against uh, West Germany in the heavy heavy, heavy favourites, West Germany, in the final. And Barry Davis was drafted in to commentate on the final. Um, the one thing I, I really like about Davies is that he's, he's partisan to a fault um, and he's not afraid, especially in the Olympics, whereas now commentators are a lot more afraid to offend and upset anyone. Barry Davis is going to say exactly what he thinks. Um, in, in the game itself, Britain took a shock 2-0 lead um, at the, uh, just at the start of the second half. And when the third goal went in by um, Imran Shawani, a cross flies in down the right and Shawani's there in the middle of the goal to knock it home, leading to Barry Davis saying the immortal lines, where were the Germans? But frankly, who cares?
5: <laughs>
0: Lovely. Craig? So... Um, Struggled with this one
3: very, very nearly. Um, went for Genev's face, uh, famous uh, goal asm for Torres <coughs> just for Bantz, but had a think about it. And uh, I'm gonna go with the voice, the voice of professional wrestling. Um, that is Jim Ross. Now, uh, you know, we're all we're all we're all old enough uh, to remember WWF and may not watch it now but if you watched it as a child which i'm 90 all of us would have at some point point. one of the one of the reasons we watched it is because of jim ross and the most memorable uh bit of commentary from jim ross whenever have you heard good god almighty good god almighty i swear to god they've killed him as god is my witness he is broken in half nobody Nobody was more sold than Jim Ross, and in a in a in an entertainment space which is so heavily reliant on the commentary. Bear in mind, you don't really know what you're seeing unless the commentator tells you what it is. There is no one more committed, uh, more dynamic, uh, more articulate than the Jim Ross.
5: Oh my God! It's the rattlesnake,
2: <laughs> mate. You've gone from last to first in one answer. Love it, Adam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well and you thought horse racing wasn't a sport anyway that's that's uh, i won't go there um i'm going to give you the same guy that mark mentioned barry davis now one of well uh, who am i kidding not one of the greatest commentator of all time in any sport is undoubtedly richie benno um and his mantra was always don't say anything you know don't say anything unnecessary let the pictures do the talking a bit, a Only bit like speak roman when keaton you... so it,
0: bit like and Keaton. <laughs> bit like that. <laughs> did Richie Beller also say love is a roller coaster"? Yes, exactly
1: he that. He did. <laughs> the less successful so cover just gotta version.
0: Ride just got to write it, mate.
1: Um, but he, yeah, he was very much, don't speak unless you can add to the pictures in front of you. And the Barry Davis moment that comes to mind isn't so much what he said, but it was, it was just a moment that didn't need words. And all he said at this moment was, oh, no. And that moment was Euro 96 uh, when it was a penalty shootout, England versus Germany, five all sudden death on penalty kicks. And we we all know what happened. Gareth South, Southgate steps up penalty saved. Barry Davis just says, Oh no. And then you just see, you don't, you don't need anything else. You see the scenes as horrible as, as they obviously were. Um, Wembley stadium, absolutely gutted Germans, absolutely delirious. Um, you know, one of the, I suppose, nightmarish moments in sport, but one of the more memorable ones. And it ju- he just absolutely nailed it. Nailed the nation's mood. Just didn't need to say any more than that. Perfect.
2: One of the most soul-destroying moments in, in English
0: football history. <laughs> I, I can, I'll i never get that celebration from Andreas Muller. The like the going up to the crowd, sticking his chest out. I'll never get that image oh. out of my head.
4: Hate him. Hate he Stefan Kuntz. Bunch oh. of Stefan Kuntz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. i preferred Mark's story where we won. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, got some points, <laughs> <Bar>.
2: um, <laughs> Okay, question, uh, question three, and this is a good one. This is one of my favourites from from the previous punching chats. Which is, uh, given that we're all uh, still isolated for God knows how long, apparently another three weeks is is upcoming. Um, I want you to come up with a sport that can be played in your own home or a game uh explain the rules briefly and uh and what's involved and craig i want you to
3: go first so uh much like golf this is a game certainly not a sport no athleticism needed um so
5: uh, no the... yeah know
3: your host craig <laughs> well i know you like it mate but you're not a sportsman not for golf whatever when you're going to kick this ball through the uh the uprights or what <laughs> no, you've got to do about that. Fine. Um, so, since since the dawn of time, <laughs> women were bestowed with one particular piece of information—information information that is sacred to them. Information guarded more closely than Mor- Morpheus does access codes. That's right. I'm talking about dinner time. When exactly? <laughs> yeah, Rachel, get me fucking
0: dinner on. Ready? <laughs>
3: there's 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 a mark from. Like the Midlands? Where was that? Um, Anyway, (laughs) so, no matter what, women seem to refuse to share the information regarding when your dinner will be served. On that premise, here's a little bit of fun. For you and the rest of the family, maybe not for mum, how many times can you ask when is dinner ready? Now, be warned, comes with a few health hazard warnings. This is a... very dependent on factors, uh, including but not limited limited to timing of the question, dinner being cooked, and the required utensils. Proximity to mum at the time of asking. Consider these risk points on offer for most difficult circumstances. Ten minutes before dinner, in the same room after asking a minimum of ten times previously, get special recognition have a blast kids
2: <laughs> i like that <laughs> it's oh, that's crazy. very funny well played um adam you go next
1: okay um, similarly i'm not about to talk about a sport here let's face it this is very much me being as lazy as possible now i've tried a few things to alleviate the boredom and an elaborate mini golf hole that starts upstairs and ends up um at the back of the garden that was one thing uh but a game that has been quite popular over the last few days is my son and daughter. She's taken part as well. They they, they want to have a going goal and save a lot of shots. Um, but rather than get up and kick footballs towards the, the general direction of the goal, um, we've developed a game where basically I'll just sit in a chair with a beer in the sun and throw a ball as hard as I possibly can at the goal, and they're more than happy to go and get the ball for me and return it to my hands so I can do it again. So, sometimes, my, sometimes my arm gets tired.
2: That, that's, that's excellent. As long as you're not wearing those Jesusly god awful sandals that you had on during that cricket video you put on the other night.
1: Function, mate. Function over fashion. Fucking
2: horrific. <laughs> uh, In fact, points off just for them.
5: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Mark um indoor headers and volleys um it's a game that we developed when we were at university um everyone enjoys a good game of heads and volleys outside um but on the days when it's pissing down or you're just too lazy to go out or you're in lockdown um how about a nice bringing that game inside the good, the good thing about heads and volleys, especially when we played, is that it, you can play with with grown men in a living room. The rules very much are: your sofa is the goal. Um, you're not allowed to move any of the anything else around your living room. That has to stay, and if it gets smashed, so be it. That's part of the game. Um, goalkeeper, goalkeeper starts on ten points, or the other outfield players start on, um, I think, two points less idea being is that you play a good game of heads and volleys and whoever loses their points first wins. We, uh, when we were played this at university, we had two trophies. One was the, uh, Bobby Moore goblet of champions, which was essentially just a vase from Ikea with an old Panini sticker stuck on it. Um, ironically that the Bobby Moore goblet of champions got smashed during a game of indoor headers and volleys. Um, so it got replaced with the Emil Heskey orb of unrealistic expectation. Um, so, yeah, and the loser, if you if you happen to be in goal and you can see the final point, instead of the, the time-honoured classic of hanging on the crossbar with your arse out while people take penalties at you, you lie on the floor across the goal with your arse out while people smash a football at you from a yard away. Do you still do tunnels and, and beats and dog lives? Oh, oh everything. All rules apply. You, we actually develop rules where you can score more points by scoring with different bits of your... Like you know, your anatomy. So an ass is three points. A back heel is three points. Um, headers two. But yeah, all standard rules apply. And uh, you're, know, just, you're just playing it in like your living room rather than in the penalty area.
2: I did. I did used to like the uh, be awarded five points back if you could crawl through the tunnel while everybody <laughs> booted the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: yeah, classics. No, Absolutely, absolute classics. All those rules in. And what was great about it was the the standard fun bit of when you're the keeper chucking the ball out at an unsuspecting defender so it hits them and rolls off the side of the goal well when you're in a living room you they're much closer to you so that's far easier to do and what that results in is the keeper foeing throwing the ball at the defenders as they all jump in the air to try and avoid it smashing them in the legs i recommend everyone try it post saves all pat
4: so i'm going to take you back to my childhood for the second question in a row which is a risky strategy um i grew up in an old kind of Victorian house, had a set of stairs which led into a hall all the Mm -hmm. way to the front door. The game we used to play, which, as all good kids games do, involved a high risk of serious injury that we didn't properly appreciate at the time, was jumping down the stairs. And the game was you jumped down and had to land clean at the bottom without touching the bottom stair. And if everyone did it from the first stair, then you went up to the second stair, and then you went up to the third stair, and then you went up to the fourth stair, and you were eliminated if you didn't make it down to the bottom clean. So this just led to some rid- ridiculously dangerous, uh, like, um, ten-stair leaps. Sorry,
2: elim- eliminated in life. Yeah, from
5: existence. Just-
4: <laughs> <laughs> we only had one broken ankle. But yeah, there were good times, there were good times. One broken ankle and one... Uh, pulling the balustrade off someone used it to kind of rest on the way down which was cheating that was a faux pas you just you get points point. <laughs> you
2: get points which uh, which is great because it sounds like an absolutely epic game and one that is fraught with danger but you're losing points for old country house and balustrade <laughs> <laughs> anyway like um that's at the end of question three. Let's have a quick check on the scores. Uh, Adam, you are in fourth place on nineteen points. Craig, you were on twenty-two points by some kind of Jim Ross related miracle. Uh,
5: Pat, you
2: were <laughs> on not 27. Cool. the game's fucking good, mate. You were on twenty-seven and Mark is currently on the lead in thirty.
3: Not my so, fault, golf is shit.
2: Yeah, there we go.
0: Hurting himself. Yeah.
2: As we move on, question four. I didn't see it. <laughs> For those of you who didn't see the news last week, Manchester City defender Kyle Walker was uh, was caught out hosting a sex party at his house. Um, we had this question on them all over last week, and we all had our own little bits and pieces, but what are your favourite sports person's off-field antics? <laughs> uh,
0: who hasn't gone first yet? I think it's Mark. Um so there's a few. There was a few directions in which to take this, and there was a couple of like serious ones, and I considered that for a little while. But when, I kept on reading the question and seeing Kyle Walker, Man City, and I kept going back to Mario Balotelli. Uh, Mario Balotelli, famous, uh, a very famous back catalogue of asking about. Um, for for example, um, just a few days after signing for Man City, he um, crashed his Audi en route to the club's training ground and was found to have five grand in cash um, in in his car. When the police asked him why, he replied with, "Because I'm rich." Um, whilst in Italy during an injury layoff in November 2010, him him and his brother just decided to drive to a women's prison just have just have a look around, um, as you do. Uh, he referred when, um, Jack Wilshire beat him to the FIFA's young player of the year award. He decided he announced that he'd never heard of him. Um, and this was only just before he got in trouble again, when he was uh, throwing darts at city youth team players, um, and in, in some kind of training ground incident as well. um, and that was of course all before the the most famous one where he one of his final incidents at man city where he decided to set off some fireworks in his own bathroom causing a massive fire in his house and the next day unveiling a t-shirt when scoring in the manchester derby that read why always me well mario it's because you're a prat um all very
2: very valid points mark um but had you listened to They'd previous episodes, to me, previous was, episodes yeah. of over and Punching Chat, you would have found that that answer has already been given by one uh, very handsome farm vet. Um, so of all those Take great answers off. you could have given, um, unfortunately, <laughs> you lose them all. Uh, to and chef. answer them
5: um,
2: for the fact that you... Either haven't listened to punching chat previous episodes or you've just blatantly chosen to ignore them. <laughs>
3: uh, Craig, you go
2: next. So it's
3: 2008, uh, you've just won the Super Bowl. Uh, in fact, you've just caught the winning touchdown catch over the previously undefeated Patriots. I mean, at this point, you, you, you're on cloud no, right uh fast forward 9 months later um you've had a contract dispute you've been suspended and you've also been shot i'm talking about none other than uh former jets receiver Plaxico coparis um uh let's talk specifically a- a- about the shooting and i know you you were worried you were unsure how has this man been shot well let me tell you how he has been shot <laughs> Pla- plax is in plax is in ny Living it up, he's in the club and uh, he's rolling with the strap. Uh, that's a firearm for Mark and Adam, uh, and uh, he starts to feel. You know, <laughs> you, you might have you might have a hole in your pocket, and you feel your keys sliding down your leg. Worried that you're going to be a bit embarrassed if your keys popping out the ankle. Uh, well, Plax is worried about his gun falling down. Uh, goes to goes to grab it and uh, yeah, grabs the trigger, shoots himself in the thigh. <laughs> Um, <laughs> not, <laughs> this not to mention. Not dementri- not uh, to mention. <laughs> Furthermore, so he goes to hospital. Um, he's released from hospital, and uh, he, gets, he he has to hand himself into the police station because the hospital haven't reported it as they should have, and the police have found out because they've seen it on the news. <laughs> Plaques, cops a deal, gets two years, and uh, then comes to the New York Jets. Brilliant. Now, Don't shoot yourself in the leg.
2: <laughs> now, as per Mark's previous answer, Adam, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Was this not given as last week? Did Doug not give this answer last Doug, week?
1: Yeah, the lensman gave exactly this answer. Yeah, oh. yeah. Oh.
2: You, it serves you right if you're not going to listen. Then, uh, it's a different audience, it isn't, and not only that, I text you. <laughs> <laughs> you, did, you did. Yeah. No, don't don't call about the curse. <laughs> it's <There's> duplication <laughs> duplication for this week's episode, not last week's.
3: That is shit. But mine was How last week. Not get oh, No, yeah, for that.
2: that's why the he man shot either. himself in the leg.
3: That's and why then he didn't tell you to Play for my
2: team. Listen, listen, <laughs> oh, listen. If you'd listened, you'd know, Adam. Uh
1: I'm trying to remember what the other two answers were to pick one of them. Well, um, let me.
2: <laughs> if you wanted to pick a New England Patriot, because it was all kept really light hearted last week. If you remember, I'll <laughs> feel the discretions It was all it was all really nice and fluffy and things, funny things people had done. And then I chipped in at the end with, oh, well, Aaron Hernandez. He's
1: you a decent keep bloke. it light though, Russ. You do keep it light. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not I'm not going to go with a, a previously mentioned answer, but I am. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take you back in time again. Back to January the 21st, 1991. And I'm sure we all remember what we were doing back then.
5: You were about 25,
1: right? (laughs) Something like that. The England cricket team were on tour in Australia fighting the Ashes. um, Well, fighting in inverted commas. Back in the days when cricket tours, you had a month between each test match. So to fill the void between a couple of tests, England were playing a game against Queensland on the Gold Coast of Australia in a place called Carrara. And the, the game was meandering along. England's batting in their first innings. Got, got a first innings lead against Queensland. Quite comfortable. Lots of wickets in hand. Um, maybe some attentions were wandering of some of the England team. Uh, John Morris, not that famous a batsman, but he, he was out uh, at 276 for four on day three. Uh, David Gower came in, um, had a little knock. Didn't get too many. Probably... Didn't have his heart in it. 303 for five. His wicket fell. Now, David Gower and John Morris got together. I'm a bit bored. What should we do? Tell you what we'll do. Let's go and hire a tiger moth and fly it all around the ground while the game's going on and the rest of our teammates are batting. Um, Do you think they'll get away with that? Yeah, it'll be all right. It's a bit bit of a laugh, isn't it? Um, Graham Gooch, the captain. You know, he's, he's chilled out. He's, he's not, he's not going to get angry with us, is he? Uh, well, the Gower-Gooch feud has, I think, rumbled on to this day, it would be fair to say. And not only did they do that and buzz the little plane around the ground while the game's going on, they decided to go back and pose for pictures for the press deliberately. Uh, so it was covered almost everywhere. Absolutely brilliant.
2: Opposite ends of the cricketing class spectrum, I think, Gower and Gooch.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love them both, I, yeah. I would say, but yeah. In they, equal they, measures
4: they to for
2: way.
4: different
1: reasons. Patrick.
4: Yeah, so I toyed with following your Aaron Hernandez roots and going maybe Michael Vick, maybe OJ Simpson, but I thought it's hard to wring You're a bit of humour out of those. So um, <laughs> I'll go for a Sheffield United goalkeeping legend, Paddy Kenny.
2: It's not uh, hard to get laughs out of Aaron Hernandez, mate, believe me.
4: If anyone could do it, you can Yeah, he's very ticklish Um, So Paddy (laughs) Kenny was on a night out with uh, friends and family You wouldn't think this could end in too much drama Just a curry place in Sheffield He ended up in a fight in the car park of the curry place Where one of his friends who he was having the meal with Bit off his eyebrow Which led to some (laughs) amazing photos in the paper for the next week great answer
2: that's amazing imagine having your eyebrow broken off by like your brother-in-law or something
4: it took a lot to make that face like worse but they did <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely
2: okay um question six uh question five and this one's a quickie um so i don't want too much uh, information i just want a name and a very very brief uh reason why and it's uh, who do you wish you were in isolation with? One name and one name only. Pat.
4: Well, I went for veteran commentator Andrew Cotter, a man who has a wonderful accent. He genuinely seems like a very lovely person. He commentates on an absolute myriad of sports. So much like me, he has very varied sporting interests, which means we would have a lot to talk about. And also he has two adorable Labradors, which would take the number of dogs up in my house by two. So that's great. <laughs> craig
3: um so uh this was slightly tricky um uh, but um i'm sorry i'm gonna give you two two names so whatever um <laughs> had, I, had i had i had i not had i been 20 not married with kids my answer would have definitely been tyson fury um at fury's house specifically 100 percent He'd have like a car. I thought so you'd go a different direction that. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> I relax, uh, plenty of booze. Um, and he doesn't scrimp on her takeaway, as we know. However, yeah. I'm 33. I'm now married with children. Uh, and all I want to do these days is uh, train and have a bit of peace and quiet. So it made it quite simple for me. I'd go for Dennis Irwin. Uh, we'd train. <laughs> he, he'd tell me what I'd need to do better. I'd do it. Maybe he'd tell me a story or two. Spot yeah. on. Dennis.
2: And as and as we know, and for those of you that, that that haven't listened to the Long Snapper, there is a lot of love for Dennis Irwin on the the, uh, the Long Snapper podcast.
0: <laughs> sir, sir to everyone else, sir
5: Dennis. <laughs>
0: uh, Mark, you go next. Um, so, I think if I was isolated, I would try and use the time to develop a new skill and a new talent. Um, I've I've never been particularly much of a golfer, but my dad is a very keen golfer, and oh, uh, he plays my, the game. Does he? He plays. He plays it. Plays it very well. Um, I, I think that I would want to take the time to to learn and perfect my skills, and so rather than um, get my dad over to isolate with him to teach me how to play, I think I would probably choose uh, Paige Spiranak. And if you don't know why, then just have a look on her Instagram. Yeah, but,
2: uh, okay. at at I believe. Yep. on Instagram, <laughs> yeah, it's all about all
0: about the golfing skills. Uh,
2: all about the golf, uh, and f- also for for similar reasons, like someone like Lucy Robson, or um, well there's plenty, you know, or at or for for more a broader range is uh, at Golfer Girls. Yes.
3: So uh, I did say I like the game, or just I, I, I could get on board with this game. Paige looks talented.
0: Yeah, she's, um <laughs> she's I, I think got, she's got a lot of skills. A certain a lot of yes. skills. I, if, tell. If, anyone, if anyone is gonna make me learn that game, I think it would be her.
4: I, I think someone this, needs so to confiscate Craig's shovel. He's just digging a deeper hole for himself. If you wanna find any of these people, just search for
1: Twitter accounts that have blocked Astra at Russ Milsom, then you'll find them all. <laughs> <laughs> like a needle in a haste.
2: It was Vicky, Vicky Fleetwood's birthday yesterday. I wished her happy birthday, obviously.
1: Yeah, I
0: bet um, you did. I don't <laughs> get a <her> reply. <laughs>
3: Unfortunately not.
2: You need to <laughs> get her on
0: more life, mate. She needs to do it.
1: I
3: literally followed her
1: <laughs>
2: oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> as you should Adam
1: alright Um, three simple words Sir Alistair Cook I mean eventually you're locked down for a while with him he'd probably spill the beans about KP which should be a bit juicy he wouldn't make it public he'd just, he'd just confide in you uh, but also with his farm and his livestock you'd eat pretty well during the lockdown mm-hmm. I reckon so yeah Sir alistair cook
2: lovely well done right so after six questions have a very quick rundown of the scores we have craig on 31 points adam on 33 patrick uh mark is on 38 and pat is in the lead on 40 close anything to play for anything to play for and everything to play for um question six obviously we are in the middle of a so-called pandemic where there's a lot of coughing going on um but i want to know from you oh, lot so-called pandemic, so, so <laughs> called pandemic. Still, still russ still it. not buying it still not having <laughs> it and i want to know what is the greatest joke in sport adam
1: okay uh Obviously, there's a lot of going back in time to the early 90s. There's a recurring theme here, but I'm going to do that again.
0: They were this,
1: this time, January the 3rd, 1993. What happened on that day, Mark? Uh, I wouldn't do that because I, this, this, this areas, goes the opposite areas, direction. Now, the Hughes, my beloved Houston Oilers made the playoffs, and they were a phenomenal team to watch back then. Warren Moon throwing to... Curtis Duncan, Webster Slaughter, Hayward Jeffries, you know, absolutely brilliant to watch, go into Buffalo to play a playoff game. And yeah, it's all going pretty well. 28-3 to the good. Buffalo have got the ball, you know, driving. To, To make it even easier, Jim Kelly's injured. Their phenomenal starting quarterback, one of the greatest to ever play the game. He's not even playing. Buffalo have the ball. Oh, no. Oh no, Bubba McDowell with a pick six to make it thirty-five-three early in the third quarter. Yeah, this is this is easy. We're we're going to the next round of the playoffs. Who have Buffalo got? Frank Reich, their backup quarterback. Um, yeah, it's it it. Is, is gets a bit painful Frank, at this is point. Is that
2: Frank Reich the third?
1: I, I don't know how many Frank Reichs there there are. Uh, he's the guy Patrick, who's
2: Patrick got it. I'm, I'm oh, fine. okay.
1: Uh, now I now I've now got it. Well done. Uh, but yeah, the inevitable happens. You know, sitting on a lead and just letting the opposite by not doing what you've done to get you that lead, you let the opposition back into the game and uh, absolute choke. Yeah, obviously it's a great performance, inspired performance by Reich and the Bills to to come back to win forty-one thirty-eight in overtime. I'm amazed that the Oilers even got that game-tying field goal to take it to overtime. It was just an absolute beatdown from that point onwards, and I still haven't gotten over it. At least the Bills made the most of it and went on to win the suit. Oh, no, they didn't do that, did they? Yeah.
2: Oh, that's proper punching chat. <laughs> uh, but
0: for that, you can go next um i'm slightly worried now that I'm, any more of my answers are going to have been used on more over at some stage um yeah. so i but do you know what i'm going to plow on anyway um newcastle united a team that oh. in the in the mid 90s were under Kevin Keegan were deemed to be the 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 entertainers, the most, you know, the exciting club to watch. At the start of the nineteen ninety-five-96 season, um, they'd invested heavily from from players all around the globe. Ferdinand had come in. David Ginola had come in. Shaka Hislop had come in. They signed Faustino Aspria during the season. Um, they were a team that was flying, playing exact, exciting, attractive football. And in mid-January 1996, they were 12 points clear of a, of a small club called Manchester United who were in second place. Um, they then, towards the end of the season, um, decide like started started to drop the odd point here and there, and and Manchester United got a, a player back by the name of Eric Cantona, um, who came back and inspired the team to go on a wonderful run of form. Newcastle United went on a run of five defeats from eight matches that enabled Manchester United to catch up and ultimately overtake them in March, which led to the famous rant from Kevin Keegan of, I would love it if we beat them. Love it. Sorry, Kevin. You didn't.
2: Nice one. Craig.
3: <clears throat> I too am worried that this has been on uh, all over, but I, I wouldn't worry. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it, to be fair, it's a great opportunity. You want to hear this story more than once. It's 2014. Uh, after five straight wins in March, including a 3 0 battering at United. And uh, unfortunately, I was there. Um, <coughs> Liverpool set to win the league. <coughs> Top of the league. We're heading into April. Two huge matches City and Chelsea. This was going to define the season. The trophy that the great Liverpool football club have never won. Stop. They have never
5: <laughs> won it. <laughs> um,
3: <coughs> Liverpool won the precipice. They had two, two big games in April. They uh, have City first. And it's a tight one. It's a tight, tight close game. Um, and they somehow come at the end of that uh, 3-2 winners. Sterling scored in that game, coincidentally. Um, they have another 3-2 win at Norwich Um, heading into Chelsea this is it win this game boys in our hands Uh, uh, you know done the uh, long elusive Premier League title that has never been to Merseyside Um, it it, it, it was happening Uh, and and, and it happened (laughs) it happened Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm, sm- I'm smiling just thinking about it. Steven Gerrard, the <laughs> Liverpool captain, the man who they say displaced Paul Scholes from the England team, the greatest of his generation, uh, on a routine controller ball. He slips. I mean, I, I coach. I coach 10-year-olds. You don't let the ball roll under your foot. Steve. Um and he does and not only does he say that, he slips over the guy can't catch up, Denver Bar, Remember him. Uh yeah. With a with, with a pretty average finish to be honest. He 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 makes play. Um and uh Liverpool lose the game. <laughs> All and it's... sorts of points for Craig. <laughs> and right? it's not... I let let's 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 let me just add a little fact in here. Imagine that not only do you lose, um, you know, you're, you are the the talisman of Liverpool Football Club, who had at this time and today never won the Premier League title. Uh, the week before, you were filmed specifically telling your players, lads, <laughs> let's not let
1: this slip.
5: <laughs> Adam you
2: want in
1: I, I really I, I was watching it was like football's funniest moments or one of those countdown shows I was watching it with my son recently and this this came up and yeah exactly, exactly that quote don't let this slip but I'm watching that again I think I, I genuinely believe this I think he just he miscontrols the ball and fakes slipping over to cover his tracks. I genuinely think that you watch it again, he's it he just he just messes up with his skills. And I think he realizes he he's not gonna get there. And he, he just pretends it. to slip. He bought He'd it. it. Wasn't, team. He wasn't
3: yes, big it. enough for the moment and uh, Absolutely. And yeah. I, I, and I had I
2: Liverpool never been, won the Premier League. I had an argument with Liverpool fan about this. For all of the good stuff that Gerard did, right? How many times did, did he win the league? The, never never. But <laughs> those those pivotal errors. Do you remember the game against Arsenal where he passed the ball back but like directly to Thierry Henry? Yep. Where he where he slipped against Denver Bar when he played for England. Do you remember in the World Cup yeah, he, the header back to France header
0: back, for, for Thierry Henry? Yeah.
2: Thierry Henry. But then also the the header from the goal kick that allowed Suarez in against Uruguay in two thousand and sixteen.
0: Yep. Sending yeah. off against United the after thirty against, seconds.
2: Absolutely. So, you know, don't. I'm not getting. I'm not getting on Steven Gerrard's back. He was an absolutely superb player and did a lot for Liverpool and won them single handedly cups on his own.
0: Never, he never did, won the league. Not, won the, not did win that Premier League. And I advise I anyone, if, everyone who's ever like questions how many times he's won the league, to go to how many times has Stephen Gerrard won the Premier League.com They'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's because you press it and it does a little calculation and then comes up with a massive fucking zero. Zero results. <laughs> Patrick, uh,
3: he will never touch it. they will never touch it. it will right, them, them. Them. Whatever is going to
4: be, they'll never win the fucking Don't Premier League.
5: <laughs> <Stop laughs> so ah.
4: um I'm going to take you back to the 2006 Winter Olympics. The women's snowboard cross. Uh, Lindsay Jacobellis came in as hot favourite and uh, Not a place won through in the qualifying simply and easily uh, coming into the final race four of them set off halfway down the course, she's out of sight there's no one in shot behind her, she's clearly winning, comes up to the final jump thinks I'll do a little showboat celebrate here does a little melon grab tweaks the side of the board, loses her balance falls off the side of the track ends on her face in the snow and is overtaken and uh, there's just something really enjoyable about seeing a smug american fall over with the gold medal in their grasp and ending up silver and miserable it's just one of the highlights <laughs> of my <like, laughs>
2: moral of that story don't be a dick
4: mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay a let,
2: let's move on uh this is the time for the platinum jiffy bag question The one where in my jiffy bag I have an answer and there will be some bonus points should anybody have the same answer as I do. Um, Given the fantastic weather we had over the Easter Bank holiday weekend and pretty much since we've been in isolation, I want to know what is the best weather affected sporting event ever. Um, And we will start with Patrick.
4: So, um, fairly recent history, this one for me. I went for the 9th of September 2018 for the longest game in NFL history. Seven hours and eight minutes of Miami 27, Tennessee Titans 20. The game ebbed and flowed. There was a 102-yard kickoff return from Miami to tie things up at 10-all. There was a 94-yard kickoff return from uh, of the Titans, but it wasn't enough. And the very uh, next play, ridiculous multiple lightning delays, heavy rain delays. It was fantastic. Seven hours. Your friend Greg Kett was there, Pat. He was there.
1: (laughs) Poor guy.
2: Seven and a half hours in the planet Hollywood Stadium, plus
0: more, I guess.
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: Mm. cool, Mark. Um, I'm going to go back to the 21st of May, 2008. Um, It was the Champions League final in Moscow. Um, It was the um, 100th anniversary of Man United's first ever league triumph. It was the 50th anniversary of the Munich Air disaster, the 40th anniversary of our European Cup triumph in 1968. Um, And it rained. It rained for the entire day beforehand. It rained at kickoff. It rained during the game it rained during extra time and it rained as penalty started and that that rain and the the downpour that had ensued ensured that a a thuggish racist allegedly um, nasty, always in group photos for celebrating, even if he's not involved in the actual game itself. Bang steps up, steps up, yeah, steps up to to take his penalty. The, get, the penalty that would win the tie for Chelsea and uh, John Terry runs up. He smashed penalties in before, but as he takes his final step to plant his leg before he shoots that penalty, he slips on the rain-soaked turf, resulting in a penalty... That- was hit the post um meaning that chelsea didn't win it didn't win it it goes into sudden death chelsea lose and the team that should have won that final did win that final all because of the rain in moscow
1: unlike steven gerrard terry definitely didn't slip on purpose
3: (laughs) (laughs) well done adam craig I'm going to go with uh, the 2006-2007 uh, Super Bowl. Um, uh-huh. Incidentally, the first uh, Super Bowl with two black head coaches, but also uh, the first Super Bowl ever in wet conditions. The year they start exploring, uh, you know, ensuring good weather for Super Bowls. Um, and to give you a picture of, of that that game, Peyton 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 Manning's um, Super Bowl, first Super Bowl win.
1: Um, Rex Grossman. It oh, is God, indeed. God, God. Yeah. Your,
3: your first your first in the first quarter, we had a kickoff return for a touchdown, which was a ninety-two yard and a uh, was the record at the time. Uh, one interception, two touchdown passes, a fumble on a PAT, a fumbled return. Both running backs fumble the ball and the Bears are leading 14-6 after one quarter. Um, for the rest of the game, you've got three more fumbles, uh, a missed field goal, two interceptions, one for a touchdown return. Uh, and the uh, Colts and Peyton Manning take the win, 29-17. Um, and actually, one of those games where you really... Uh, see the value of the short and intermediate pass. Um, Peyton had like a seventy percent uh, completion rate despite being wet. So, yeah, two thousand six, two thousand seven, Super Bowl, a game that had everything.
1: Adam, I'm well. We've all gone with rain, I think, haven't we? Uh, but and I'm I'm not going to do anything differently here. Two thousand and five, final Test match, the Oval, England versus Australia. Now, England needed a draw to, to win the series and reclaim the, the ashes. And a draw turned out it was enough. Now, we'll never know, had there no, been no rain on sort of days three and four of that game, how it would have turned out. It might have been a lot of fun finding out. But what the rain gave us was that nerve-wracking, pulsating final day um, where England didn't really know how, how long they needed to bat to, to seal the win. Uh, but Kevin Peterson didn't care and play one of the most thrilling innings you'll ever see 158 in the blink of an eye, having been dropped, having just hit sixes off the toe end of his bat, all sorts of stuff was going on. Brett Lee was bowling hundred miles an hour, Shane worn bowling. Like his life defend depended on it. Phenomenal cricket. Um, the further England got the more paranoid I got because you, because you didn't have that winning line, the weirdness of cricket and, everything it throws up meant that the passing casual fan didn't have a clue when the game was over. The only, the only point that we really knew for sure was when umpire Rudy Curtson and Billy Bowden with him went and whipped off the bales when, funnily enough, it started to rain again. I, I, I remember the, during days three and four, Australia obviously needed a win. They didn't want the rain, having ironically taken bad light the, the previous evening. They're turning up in their sunglasses, pretending it's sunny, English fans putting umbrellas up in the crowd when it wasn't raining. Um, phenomenal occasion. I watched a lot of it in Regent's Park, ironically, in the rain. Uh, but yeah, it had the right result. Um, the Ashes came home after 428 years or whatever it was. Um, best series of cricket there will ever be.
2: Uh, absolutely 100% correct. However, not the platinum jiffy bag question uh, the answer I was looking for was the 2000 the two thousand England versus Pakistan test match in Karachi, which is famous for Graham Thorpe in the winning runs in the dark for England in Pakistan, which is one of the best moments in test cricket, as I remember ever. Um, absolutely fantastic. And that's what I've chosen to put in the platinum jiffy bag. Is that,
1: is that weather though, Russ? It's just uh, yeah, the rotation of the earth it got dark
0: <laughs> like... don't don't question the, the, the quiz the quizmaster he's
4: been He should know well actually he time. should
0: know yeah <laughs> okay
2: last question before any other business and let's make it uh, a bit of a quickie um given that we love to take the piss out of each other me more than <laughs> most uh what is your favorite sporting sledge
3: craig <laughs> so um now, pop, uh, trash talk kind of popular now. Um, You know, people like uh, Conor McGregor, very, very well known for it. Um Tyson Fury is is brilliant for it. Likes to talk shit. I love it. Um, but these guys are amateurs. Uh, uh, m- merely hold, uh, c- can barely hold a candle to the originator, Um the original American gangster from West Lynn, Oregon, Chael P. Sonnen. Now, if you have not heard of this dude. Trust me, YouTube it. Um, I could have, I could have picked a number of of quips. Um, from the the gangster from West Lynn. Um, one brief one is a. Uh, I will do a home... Inv- it's what he said to someone he's fighting. I'll do a home invasion on you. I'll cut the power to your house. The next thing you will hear is me climbing up the stairs in a pair of night vision goggles that I bought from the back of the Soldier of Fortune magazine. I'll pick the lock to your master bedroom. I'll take a picture of you and the Nagura brothers working on your jiu-jitsu and i'll take that said photograph and post it at www.dorksfrombrazil.com password not required username not required but i haven't chosen that one Uh, (laughs) i'm good i'm gonna (laughs) gonna go with charles i'm gonna go with charles legendary uh little story about the brothers uh historic very very well respected in brazil um arguably the leading light um over the last 30 years in developing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and not only developing it, but bringing it to, uh, you know, the slums of Brazil, the favelas, the working-class area. This is what Chael P. Sanna had to say about the Nogueira brothers. I was in Las Vegas when the Nogueira brothers first touched down in America. There was a bus that pulled up at the red light and Little Nog tried to feed it a carrot while Big Nog petted it. They thought it was a horse after losing um, to... Uh, Anderson Silva, Chel Sonnen said that the Neguero brothers thought a bus was a horse. Very racist, very disrespectful, all the good stuff. Um, the most entertaining man in sports and doing a fantastic job as a commentator, analyst, uh, and a bit of a YouTube presenter. So if you, you know, add Chelsea, Chel Sonnen to your watch list. It guys, hilarious. <laughs>
2: That went on a bit.
0: Mark, did did we get that (laughs) quick? (laughs) So yeah, that's all well and good. But the uh, the trash talk, I think there's something a, a little extra spicy when it's not just about bants. It's not just about trying to entertain. And there's a bit of passion and there's a bit of feeling and you actually fucking mean it. And the best example I've ever seen of that is something where it wasn't even someone who was doing it to an opponent. This is someone who was talking about his own team. Um, so back in in the mid-90s, um, John Sitton was appointed as caretaker manager of Leighton Orient and featured in a documentary called Orient Club for a Fiver. Um, during in 1995, his team were 1-0 down to Blackpool at home, and uh, he goes into the dressing room at halftime um, and he turns to one of his team and sacks them on the spot. He then turns to two other people in the dressing room who are off camera and says to them, and I quote, You, you little cunt, when I tell you to do something, and you, you fucking big cunt, when I tell you to do something, you do it. And if you come back at me, well we'll have a fucking right saw out in here. And you can pair up if you like and you can bring you can fucking pick someone else to help you. And you can bring your fucking dinner and by the time I with you, you'll fucking need it.
2: <laughs> incredible one of the best speeches i mean if you've not seen it just search john Sit on youtube and you will find it very very quickly it's um, just i mean, that, that's trash talk to another level absolutely mark well played that's decent punching chat adam
1: uh well i'm gonna go back to cricket and Sarah. There's lots of sledges that have occurred, allegedly, on a cricket field. And you're never quite sure how many actually happened or how many have been embellished. But I, I don't care. This one's just funny. Um, <laughs> Australia, apparently Australia used to play the odd test match against Zimbabwe. I don't remember that happening recently. Uh, but um, Glenn McGrath, if you remember him, was toiling away. The, se- bowling the second
2: two. best fast bowler ever to play the game.
1: Um, I don't know about fast.
5: Well,
2: medium fast,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, got fast or fast, or fast medium. Incredibly unrelenting, incredible bowler. Uh, but he was struggling one day bowling to a portly South, a uh, portly uh, Zimbabwean batsman called Edo Branders, um, and lost the plot, should we say, did old Glenn, which was known from time to time. Uh, just politely asked Edo, Edo, mate, why are you so fat? Edo Branders reply:
2: That's oh, accent
1: related. <laughs> <laughs> Because every time I fuck your wife, she gives me a biscuit. My dad (laughs)
3: said I should use that one. (laughs) Had a word of him about it.
1: The old ones are the best, apparently.
4: They are. Patrick. I'm going to take you back to our first uh, Five Aside Works League title. We were playing the reigning champions Los Galacticos, who were a collection of the best players on site and a bunch of pricks, as you can tell by their name, when it was supposed to be a departmental tournament. Um, that year, we had a really good French student. He popped in his hat-trick about two minutes before half-time, and one of their players went, Come on, lads, they've only got one player. He tried to take me on straight up from that kickoff. I tackled him, passed to my mate Alex, who smashed it in the top corner with his left foot from just inside their half. And standing next to that guy, I went, nice finish, Alex. Not bad for a team with only one player. He turned to me and went, well, you're the worst fucking player I've ever seen. And I said, sorry, mate, can't hear you from that deep in my pocket. Hey. 30 seconds after the next kickoff from that goal, he Roy keened me up in the air and was sent off. So I literally sledged him out of the game
2: nice yeah well played you've given your own your own little sledge i'm going to give you maximum points for that um but but. with with respect uh, i can imagine you being one of the worst players i've ever seen um
5: (laughs) 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 that's
0: punching chat
2: (laughs) and i'll give myself some points (laughs) Um, okay As we head into any other business, we currently have Adam who's on 60 points, Patrick is on 62 and Mark and Craig are tied for the lead on 68. So it's all to play for in any other business. Uh, And we'll start, because I've been so mean, we'll start with Pat.
4: That's very kind of you. I I want to talk about NFL Game Pass because they made it free near the start of the pandemic and... I don't know whether it was to do with that, whether it was just to do with the fact it was the offseason, but it was a very nice piece of timing. Um, I've subsequently watched all of the Jags games in 40 to try and cheer myself up, which didn't work because all of our wins last season were fluky and fairly crap. So I thought, what was the happiest time last season? It was about three quarters of the way through the Super Bowl before I got too drunk to sit up straight in my chair properly. So I've rewatched all of the games in 40 of all of the playoff games. And then I found this um, coach's cam where you see every play from two different angles. And it's really helped my um, understanding of the game, watching those back. So I've watched a lot of game pass. The problem with it is I I worry that the NFL are a little bit like a drugs dealer who've just given me this little, little, little bit of heroin just to try for free. I might really like it. And then suddenly I'm going to have to start paying for it next season. And I'm going to pay and pay because I'm hooked. They've got me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Adam, go next. Uh, I mean, it's refreshing actually that Pat came up with a non coronavirus related any other business. And I'm, I'm sort of, well, no, I'm not going to do that. But there's, there's all sorts of stuff going on with it. Um, but a couple of like those mundane, ridiculous things really starting to annoy me that I've picked up on. And once you notice it, you can't, you can't get it out of your head. If you recall it towards the start, uh, Boris Johnson every other world leader when we had nothing else of any use to say just wash your hands for 20 seconds wash your hands for 20 seconds and then there's sing happy birthday while you wash your hands and like since then every singer or band or classical composer or flautist or any, anybody with any sort of musicality has come up with a, their own flautist. tune for 20 seconds we don't need anymore you know, the, the Kaiser Chiefs singing one of their choruses to for 20 seconds to wash your hands to we don't need it we know how to wash our hands we don't need any more of that we don't need a baked potato song to get us through this or any any other nonsense like that just give people the credit for the intelligence that only some of us have
0: Although if, although if you haven't seen the Jamie Mackey video, that is well worth digging out and it is superb. Him in a little outfit dancing around um while washing his hands. It's it's outstanding. Oh, you were you were talking. Mark, you can go next. Um <laughs> so I'm also going to talk about coronavirus, but in a in a slightly different way. Um I, there's a huge amount of people around the country who've obviously had to change the way that they work and um, are required to be out of the office to stop the spread, which is a really sensible and, and inevitable thing to do. And hopefully, as we've mentioned before, it will change a lot of the way that Britain and the world functions as as staff and how companies hopefully will learn to trust their employees more to work from home because they've remained just as productive at home as they have been um, whilst in the office. The one thing that did baffle me, though, about it all was how um, during the time when funds are stretched for everyone. NHS staff aren't getting paid enough. Um, key workers are struggling to, to get kit um, in hospitals and, and wherever they may be working so that they can remain safe and their patients can remain safe. MPs decided it was a sensible decision that they were going to be granted 10 grand each in order to set themselves up working from home. Now, I don't know about you, but I think most of us have probably got connection to the internet i dare say a lot of mps have already got a laptop um and i can i can tell you that setting up a vpn connection doesn't cost a huge amount of money either but if they haven't got a laptop we'll give them the benefit of the doubt then you know maybe they're looking at about 600 quid a grand if they want a really really good one what they're doing with the other £9,000 each in order to be able to work from home in a time when there is not enough money to be able to provide nurses with fucking face masks is an absolute joke. It says everything you need to know about the members of Parliament. Well done, Mark. Great
2: answer.
3: Crank. Uh, uh yeah my mine is uh no way near as righteous but way more funny so it's all good um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna talk about um, Bring it back, Ray. Come on. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about whatsapp groups uh whatsapp's a brilliant tool right it's cool good way of sharing information we can all link up doesn't matter where around the world you are it's perfect 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 um guys no there there, there is a etiquette uh associated with whatsapp groups blood <laughs> especially if it's not your friends you're in a group i happen to i live in a apartment block right we have a whatsapp group for the apartment shit like uh somebody tell maintenance the a, a fire exit's kind of blocked or craig have you pissed in the left again
1: <laughs> so they
3: keep telling me i can't do it mate i i, I don't like to conform um <laughs>
1: uh well, you literally can't do it. You get all keyed up, and Stage it just doesn't run. come. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he can shit in it, no problem. It drags on the floor, and I don't <laughs> like afterburn. Um,
3: so, uh, so, so yeah, no, we're in that a was group. a
0: joke about how big his penis was.
3: Yeah, no, no. <laughs> joke, it's tiny. Um, so, 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 we've got one for the for the, for the flats, right? Um, you know. General cordial. No problem. A little bit of how hey, even, even how you doing? How you doing? It's fine. I don't mind a little bit of that. Banter. Maybe there's something funny outside. Take a picture, put in the group. No problem, guys. There's got to be like a... Maybe 10-minute m- message maximum a day. However, we've got one person who uses the group as though it's her personal number one friendship group who tells us all the shit she's doing. Oh, I'm up at 2am, guys. Mental. Gonna have an all-nighter. No one gives a fuck, Brenda. Literally, nobody... Care, Stop telling us that you can smell weed out of your window. Either knock on the door or shut or get high and go to bed. Either way, stop sharing it with the group. Now, obviously, you guys have just spoken about Corona or Brenda's problem. She's probably elderly. I haven't got a clue. Couldn't care less. She sent uh, <laughs> at is at one to in the morning, sent us her previous hour and a half activities, which included dancing, listening to music and cooking. Ooh, you're crazy, Brenda. Um, <laughs> Somebody later had had enough. Is this the same like,
0: Brenda that you had to that you had to fire from work because she didn't do any she didn't do any um work with that? Like, oh, yeah.
3: No, <laughs> that, that was the hypothetical Brenda. This is actually Brenda. You She doesn't like, listen. Li- life imitating art, art imitating life. Anyway, <laughs> she um, a <laughs> <fan>. <laughs> So she spent a number of hours. She sounds there, like a, a rugby player. Bullshit. She's been doing. Uh, somebody was like, you know what? This is enough. This is too much. You're chatting shit. I'm out. Left the group. Obviously, that's drama, in it? That's hilarious. <laughs> that's, that is, yeah, there's always a chat that about brilliant. that. brilliant. Yeah, we... <laughs> yeah. Leaving the group. Never leave the group. <laughs> uh, <laughs> especially if you've got to talk about leaving the group. Just go. Anyway, so she did. And that's cool. Brenda's a dick. Anyway, Brenda's next message is, wow. Want to leave a group. We're talking... She's left the group because you're chatting shit. Wish my daughter could do that. She's on the front line helping people I don't know from one day to the next if she's alive and if she wouldn't be able to hold her. What, Brenda? What are you talking about? (laughs) Nobody gives a fuck about your. Okay, cool. Your daughter may well be helping us in the coronavirus. She may even work for the NHS. That's all great. But this is nothing to do with that. How have you got from your chatting shit in a group with not your friends to uh, I'm all alone because my daughter's working for the NHS. I mean if there ever was a reach. Brenda. Too much
2: information. Just oh, give it up Brenda. Go to, to generic
1: WhatsApp groups got a Brenda. Yeah. Go to bed Brenda.
2: Fucking hell. Right, that's it. That's punching chat, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the scores at the end of the the game are as follows. Adam 69 points in fourth place. Hey. Unfortunately, <laughs> T- Dinner for two, 69 points. Um, in second, in second place on 70 points was Patrick. Well played Pat. Uh, in third with 78 is Craig and the winner of Punch and chat is Mark on 80 points. Congratulations. Um, Mark and Craig, you will now have 22 seconds to defend something of which I am going to uh, give you immediately. Um, As you finished second, Craig, you get the chance to go first or second in the defend the undefendable. I'll go second, mate. You'll go second. Okay, so Mark, you have 22 seconds to defend... I really hope the Premier League comes back soon so Liverpool can win the title. (laughs) (laughs)
0: i think i think it's exactly right it's the only it's the only decision that can be made any club that can um furlough all of its staff and expect the government and the uk taxpayer to pay all its staff while continuing to pay multi-millionaires without question clearly has the right moral fortitude to be allowed to win that title and not at all be cunts and so yes absolutely they should therefore be allowed to come back time up time up okay So, Craig,
2: your go is as follows.
0: (laughs) I knew you were going to do that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But to be fair, I could have used it on either of you. But this one, this one I've been saving specifically. Um, I'm really sad that Philip Rivers signed for the Colts because I'd love to have seen him at
3: the Jets. (laughs) Uh, So, as you know, me being the humanitarian that I am, um, and I believe everyone deserves a chance Regardless of your disability. And I don't know if you know who Philip is, but if you've seen him throw the ball, the guy is not well. And, um, I would just be so pleased uh, to make a difference and offer him the opportunity to play at the highest level for one more time, even though he has a little that spazzy hand. <laughs> uh,
2: if you, if you'd managed, if you'd managed to get little spazzy hand in, oh, in so come 20 on. 20
3: seconds, you would have won this week's
2: punch chat. However, uh, the winner of this week's punching chat is Mr. Mark sailing well Thank played well, uh,
5: thanks, uh, great well job, Craig,
0: Craig, you also got it wrong when you said that playing at the jets would still be playing at the highest level
2: punching chats that <laughs> guys I, I hope you enjoyed uh, some punching chat it was great to to let you guys have a go and, and get you recording it so uh yeah it seems like a format that, that works quite well
1: it's funny. Yeah, so no one wrong. else has <laughs> thought of it, to be honest. It's like <laughs> well, it, it, it well, great well. idea. I <laughs> Try this on radio. Really I, wonder,
2: uh, I wonder. whether the license pay, the license fee payers would go for it.
1: Uh, they wouldn't go for. They wouldn't nah, go for no something chance. like this. It's and a they, bit. It's a bit out there, isn't it? Yeah, um, thanks. Thanks for 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 doing your bit, hosting it. I hope. Uh, yeah, it's good fun, isn't it? Doing that, yeah, you, could, cool. you have all the power. It goes to your head. It's great. It does. But and you
2: get a bit of a, an itchy trigger finger as well. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, I gave I gave Pat five points for absolutely nothing,
1: <laughs> and
4: That's I still can't I obviously needed. And the I challenge. know, yeah. <laughs>
1: cool. Yeah, thanks, thanks everybody. There'll be I suspect more of this on the over Podcast Congregulate. That whatever there'll be more of this.
3: Russ, we might need you next week, mate.
2: Go well.
1: Go well, everybody. everyone
5: Podcast Network.